Hey guys, welcome back to Echo CSE Socks podcast. I'm Leslie and I'm a CompSci art student. I'm Sam and I'm a software engineering student. I'm Abby and I'm doing food science and computer science. All right, so today we'll be talking about ethics and tech, how companies can shape the way we interact with technology specifically. So uh, recently, in the last week actually, the <laughs> passed a bill uh, in which any manufacturer selling products in the state will have to release tools, repair guides, and parts for all their products. So um, what does this actually mean and why was this bill needed in the first place? So I think that like, for the bill to have been passed in the first place, it must have been like some sort of catalyst in the first place for this to happen. For so, for example, I think many companies—not going to name any names—but like um, a lot of companies have been purposely making their products less modular, making parts soldered on, baked on onto their computers, so that even a small repair, such as like I don't know, like a display cable that's broken, needs the entire display to be fixed, for example. And so, I think by having this um, bill to be passed in the first place, this, this just basically allows the end users to more easily have access to repair guides and just being able to repair their devices in general, or even if it's not even for the end user, to repair um, even company, repair companies, third-party repair companies, will have an easier time to try and repair other people's devices as such. I think it's like good that it got passed because obviously now we're more worried about environmental like issues and with metals becoming more rare and like um like extracting all the metals is like such a environmentally detrimental thing it's good that they released it because then instead of replacing the whole like computer they can like fix parts yeah. and not like and like waste. prolong the lifetime of that device yeah yeah and like not waste like the materials mm. And I think that like, what, what was the like? Why do you guys think is the reason for companies trying to purposely make their devices harder to repair for the end user? Like, yeah. Um, I think mostly it's like the thing with like capitalism and like monopoly. They have, if they like have control over like the Everything repair, yeah. you can't like go to a third party. You have to go to them, mm -hmm. and then like then they can like recommend you to like buy the new product because it's cheaper to do that and then but then you just fall into a trap of like just spending more money like you have to spend more money at that company yeah and then like um like now it's released like smaller companies can you can go to a third party and be like hey can you fix this for me and that's just like in general i just think that's better. Better overall, <laughs> like, just not even in terms of, as you said earlier, not even in terms of just the end user, but like the environment as a whole. Since we don't have to keep putting ex excess waste into our landfills and therefore extract more m minerals from what we are, what's already limited on the earth, I guess. Yeah. I, I think what's like worse almost is that because they will have these like recycling programs or like this is us saving the earth because yeah. you have to buy this charger separately. You know, we are using less packaging and reducing our footprint in manufacturing. Yeah, it's like greenwashing. Yes, like yes. The business model. It's like they, it saves them money, but it also like 
helps them advertise and yeah, yeah. all the buyback yeah. programs at the same time though it seemed that if you just made the products modular in the first place and just kept it that way it'd be a lot cheaper for the company as a whole because then you don't have to make custom parts for every single device and, in, and instead you can just say like here is your motherboard and then you can just plop it into the into the laptop and like you can make so many of those motherboards in bulk for much cheaper than if you had to make a new custom one for every single laptop, for example, and then, you know, I don't know, glue it onto the chassis, for example, or something. Yeah. It's like they're actively putting time and effort to make our lives harder. Exactly. Like, how right? can we make this harder to fix? And yeah, That's what they're doing it seems like it costs more money to do so in the first place. So, yeah. So um, recently, they, there's also been another company who was a Kickstarter camp that actually started as a Kickstarter campaign. Um, it was known as the Framework Laptop. Well, it is known as the Framework Laptop. It still exists. <laughs> um, where basically everything they aim to make as many parts in the device as easily accessible and modular to the user. And so maybe this was a sort of step towards the right to repair in the first place, I think. And it's quite cool because I know um, that they um, they attach the like um, top of the keyboard or for like a laptop with like magnets. So you oh. just unscrew some screws on the bottom, yeah. and then you just take it off with like magnets instead of like glue or like clips or something. And then on the inside, they have everything labeled, everything like QR coded for like guides that you can access. Oh. There's like color coded screws, so you know which ones go where. There's even like I think a few spare screws that they include on the inside in case you lose some. Oh. And so yeah, I like all of the parts like the ram the ss like the storage the motherboard i think is also replaceable like the display is also replaceable the hinges everything is like other than the cpu which is already obviously baked on to the motherboard everything else was replaceable which i thought like was really cool of you them can to do. build your own pc yeah you can actually like build your own laptop. pc like you can actually buy a bare bones kit from that from them oh. and then buy your own parts to put into the into the laptop it's really interesting. Do you like know if it's like available in Australia? <laughs> yeah, sounds, uh, kinda, sounds kinda good actually. I feel like it should be. Okay, Probably like, just international shipping, you know? Yeah, because yeah, I know like a similar thing, but it's like with phone, it's like called Fairphone. Um, and then like, because I was looking to getting a new phone and I got really annoyed that like every time I get a new phone, like within like a few years, um, I will have to replace it. Yeah, like right? the battery. Yeah. For, like, do you have to replace the battery, for example? You know. Yeah, yeah, like the battery will be like dying really quickly. Um, but then, like, it's only like Fairphone's only available in like Europe because it's also like a Kickstarter, I yeah. think. So then they don't have enough resources to develop overseas. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it just feels we just feel so powerless in this sense because. It takes so much, like, it takes Kickstarters and, like, millions of backers just to make a small indent on what the companies think they should be doing, for example. Like, mm. the end user basically has no say as to what they want their devices to be, and yet companies that just keep pushing out new stuff that <laughs> you basically just can't even do anything to. You're so right. Or especially, like, they fix things for the worse. Yeah. They fix things that aren't really broken. Yeah, exactly. So like, don't fix things problems. that ain't broke, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think uh, a big example is, like, the iPhone cameras. I have such... They're like, oh, yeah, we're making them better each time. But, like, they've completely um. messed up how they take, like, night photos. Because they do this horrible, like, sm 
they're like, oh, intelligence. Look how smart <laughs> our cameras are. Right? Maybe that's and then, yeah. and then like they do this like horrible blurring thing to make things brighter or like higher quality when it just looks like it's been like you put uh, like a beauty filter to a hundred. <laughs> so yeah, like God. all the features are like blown Blurred out together. Yeah, and like it's just it's just like worse than what I can do on like on my iPhone five, right? Um, with their new phones, which is just maybe we should really just sad. go back to buying iPhone fives, you know. We just, just return to tradition, <laughs> reject modernity. But do you think like phone cameras does like slightly related, slightly unrelated? Yeah. You know how like there's like the DSLRs, yeah. And you can like now like on some of the phones you can like set the aperture mm. and the shutter speed. Do you think like that could ever get to the level where it'll replace like a professional camera? I don't think it will. No. Just oh. so people because should I'm just like stick to getting like like a. A bad phone camera. Uh, well, not necessarily, <laughs> I, think, I guess. Yeah, because a lot of consumers do like taking photos, which is like their phone, yeah. right? Um, and it's like pretty good what phones can do. Like, for example, Definitely. the iPhone cameras, we're not taking nice photos. <laughs> they're like, actually pretty crisp. And how there's not a lot of options for like aperture. You have to download other apps for yeah. it. But, um, and even snow would be like fake aperture. Yeah, sense. yeah. Mm. And there's, but there's like, you know, entire movies shot on phones and entire festivals That's for those, true. right? Yeah. So they're actually like surprisingly powerful or more powerful than we give them credit for. However, uh, cameras are still pretty important. Uh, yeah. I don't think they'd be completely replaced. Like, unless, unless our phones suddenly become like this thick, for example, like you're not yeah. going to be able to accommodate the same amount of yeah, like. Yeah, especially yeah. with like lens and yeah. like zooming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially like, oh, although cameras. Like the newest iPhone can shoot in 4K 60 frames, mm. which is like pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. Yeah, sure. and um, they also have this like cinematic mode, which tries to do that like, aperture yeah, yeah, thing yeah, by yeah. itself, but it's really bad. It's just like blurs the background, kind of like portrait mode. But um, maybe in a few years it would actually get quite yeah, good yeah, because yeah. portrait mode took some time to get get there. Yeah, it's yeah. promising. Yeah, promising technology. How would you like like relating back to? like the fixability of phones like how because the main problem right now with a lot of the phones and like replacing them is things are getting updated so quickly mm-hmm. and people want like the best always want the newest thing yeah, yeah but with like um like the phone that i was talking about fair phone because they're like a starter they just use like this resources that bigger companies have made Mm -hmm. so then it takes them like longer to update things Mm -hmm. and then like with that if it's like even if it's replaceable do you think it's good like as in like if you want to constantly update you'll be like Mm -hmm. chucking out your camera like every year yeah that's true but then like i I feel like that's still better i feel like yeah but i feel like the main thing is like Everyone just, as you, as we've already mentioned, like everyone just always wants the newest thing that is out there, and yeah. so they and um, they don't really give like much thought into you know if they should if they actually need to be upgrading. Yeah. For example, mm. well, that's that's unfortunately the nature of technology. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's also the nature of I think just humans in general. Yeah, more yeah. slow. I think then like that's still better if it's like modular and you can replace yeah, it because definitely. then some people just want a new camera so then they just like buy a new phone every year oh that's but then so like true. instead of that they can just replace their camera every year that'd yeah. be such a nice idea but then people will have to design for the future yeah 
Oh yeah. But I feel like you should always design with the future in mind. Like the Harbour Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, no, I think that's like a fascinating idea because mm. sure, they have to think, yeah, can this work for now, but will this also work in 10 years time? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And but yeah, the, when you, where do you think like we should draw the line to say this product is definitely done for, we should just move on? Uh, Probably like, what do you mean done for? As in like um, <laughs> unable to be upgraded. Yeah, and it, like we shouldn't upgrade it any further because if you just keep upgrading it, then there's really no not much point because the internal hardware that you can't replace oh, will just inevitably be too old like... to keep up. You know. Hmm. I feel like when. Wait. So like the, in the case of a phone, like when will the casing get too old? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe like the casing will. Or just like be... compatibility, right? Yeah. Because. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, there'll be like parts wouldn't be able to work together. Yeah. Um, so then, I think this brings like another like slightly off topic <laughs> um, topic to talk about. So, because um, there's a very stark difference between Apple and Android's software updates and their support. Um, many people, I think, are actually unaware of this, but Apple actually supports their devices much longer than Android devices. Mm. For example, like, I think as of now, the new, latest iOS probably still supports like, iOS, like iPhone 8s or 10s. I'm not too sure about that, but definitely like each of your iPhones will probably last at least like five or six years of software updates, while mm. most Androids would probably only get like two or three years. <laughs> I think it's because like, because Androids have such a quick like, turnaround, like they make you a lot of new mo models quite yeah. fast. and. Was there was, are so many companies that use Android. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, and so like, yeah, because Android just needs to keep evolving and covering such a wide range of devices, I think maybe that's probably why older devices get turned away more quickly. Because yeah. like Apple iOS is used only by Apple. Yeah. But yeah, Android's got like all the Huawei's and like one Like all the other phones. Not even Huawei anymore, they got yeah. banned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, it is, it is kind of weird how it's just used by so many more companies. Kind of like Windows, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, like Windows it's and because kind of it's um, free to use, right? Yeah, it's open source. Yeah, I think. yeah open it's open source. source. Yeah. Maybe that's why, also why it's like evolving so fast, because open source, mm. does that mean anyone can edit it? Or is it like contribute? Not, yeah, yeah. Like they can and contribute. Anyone probably. can contribute, right? Oh. Yeah, they can. I'm not too sure if it's actually like entirely open source, but there's definitely like sub, like Android copies, which are definitely like- I'm pretty sure like, it's like open source. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think also- But obviously like not anyone can go make changes, you know, like they yeah, can't just put in- commit, yeah. <laughs> So the right to, bringing it back to the right to repair bill, um, this bill actually took a very long time. It was like a really long thing in the making. I think probably even like, at least three or four years by now and it seems that it took so much work and for companies and consumers just to be able to reach the levels of huge companies and like their capitalist nature over all of their devices so I think like what do you guys think um, do you think consumers will be able to help hold companies accountable like more easily in the future um, what's it called class action I feel like there's like different groups of people right now like there's people who are like mostly like the younger generation who's like more focused on the environment and they're more 
I guess work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that want the push, but then there's still people who don't really mind. Like we said before, they like want the newest thing. So then for them, it's not such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I feel like a lot of people, because as consumers, like it's really tiring to have to go research mm. all these things. Oh gosh, yeah. Like it's not even like people don't care it's like they don't have time and like the resources to go research all these things so they would just rather just purchase whatever's there and i think it's also that brings like another thing because like companies have gone very ambiguous and like just almost arbitrary with their naming schemes like think about have you ever thought about like if you were trying to buy I don't know if you were building a gaming PC for example mm-hmm. like what the hell does a Ryzen 5 5700X mean that that CPU doesn't even exist <laughs> but like what are the all, what, no, like, I was convinced I was convinced that that was the newest line up like to the consumer like those numbers basically mean nothing other than like yeah. a 5 is smaller than a 7 and thus the 7 should be better or you know like I don't know Samsung S21 Ultra 5G like why there's so many just Suffix, suffix, suffixes added to the names of the phones. iPhone 13 Pro Max. Yeah, and like yeah. I think companies should just <laughs> either simplify their naming schemes somehow, or just you know make um, less models because the more models, more models leads to obviously more waste. I think. Uh, like I think just. They're just trying to cater to too many use cases in some case, in some sometimes. <laughs> so we should not cater to everyone. <laughs> okay, well, no. It's um, more like I feel some of them are less useful than others. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if that's not the case, like if we can't reduce the number of devices, then definitely somehow I think we should be able to replace, like, just ease the um, naming scheme, because as you said, as you mentioned earlier, like. Too many people don't have the time to research. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's so true though. I was like getting my new laptop and I was like, so what laptop should I get? And they're like, oh, these are all like this, like the hardware components. And then you've got the software, like what mm. OS do you want to use? And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there's like so many things to consider now, like battery life and then yeah, and like your screen, and then CPU, and then there's like the different CPUs. And yeah, I was like, like, I was like, the end user just doesn't <laughs> have the time to go and know yeah. about this stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, I assume, you know, the bigger the number, the better it is. But at the yeah, same yeah, time, yeah, a lot yeah. of people don't need the best product yeah. on the market. So, I don't know. Yeah. Better naming schemes, or like clearer advertising, make mm. it easier to find things. Maybe Windows should reduce the number of laptops they're putting out all the time. <laughs> Why do they have so many models? We don't need that many. Like, I feel like we can't say that Windows is our sponsor. I feel like it's also. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's like all these companies. They do it. It's like part of their advertising. You know how it's like you got the target audience. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I feel like iPads. In, like you know how like now some of the iPad Pros are pretty much just like a computer and a tablet yeah. but they're not a computer yeah, right? yeah but so, then they've got the chip for it to yeah. be a computer um, it's just the software and then I'm just like it's, it's pretty much just like a laptop but they advertise it differently yeah. so then it's like targeted towards like 
students yeah. and also um, I guess oh, like more designers creatives very yeah. yeah but Sorry. But yeah, I yeah, think, no, go. I know, but my huge qualm with like the iPad Pro is that like there is no point in it because who is editing like videos on their iPad, right? <laughs> like who is editing heavy photos on their iPad? This doesn't make any sense. And because like the thing with the iPad has great hardware, yeah. right? But yeah. it's software. It's just holding it's it literally, back. Yeah, it's literally just like an iPad OS. Like it can't do the same things a laptop has, mm. but it's as powerful as a laptop. So it's a it's like a bottleneck. Oh, it's like so it's like limited yeah and like it's like I, like I said I can't imagine who would use their iPad for like intensive video yeah. editing it just doesn't make any sense yeah but yeah I think bringing it back to our original topic it's yeah. like um, I think and at the same time as right to repair I think Apple has actually taken like good steps in the right direction for example like they they're actually listening to consumers well after a very long time to no. so, you know bring back MagSafe bring back HDMI mm. and thus like came the out ports yeah, yeah. ports yeah, the like ports their 2021 MacBook Pros yeah. and so I think a lot more people are happy with those devices because they have they've listened to the yeah. consumer and what they wanted and I think just more companies need to step onto that train true because yeah. you know when the consumers are happy you get more money it's exactly. literally just that easy yeah. right? exactly. it's literally just that easy touching back on the topic we were talking about before about consumers not wanting to do research I think like um, because of that like tech companies have such a big cult following do you feel like there's the what's it called um, rise in techno faith <laughs> okay yeah, anyways so because of um the power that these corporations—it's not these corporations—the power that these companies hold in the way they shape how we consume their products or how we Yum. use their products, right? It has created basically almost a cult-like reverence mm. of technology and its capabilities, right? So um, it's like this idea called techno faith, which was actually proposed in a paper by Ben Saunders. I read a while back, um, but basically it's this idea of how much belief we put in our technology and how much we believe that technology can solve all problems, right? And that is likened to almost like a religious type of faith mm. because we're kind of putting our belief in a non-tangible thing, i.e. the progress of technology, say in like 10, 20 years, 100 years time in you know, making the world a better place. But basically, you know, in the past, few years right there's a lot of greater social and political happenings in the world you know the social and political state of the economy yeah. you know it really says a lot i um you know our wonderful covid19 yeah and also the rise of say like tech giants right and as we become more aware of the impact of these tech giants or you know how much money they have um and like their impact on the world either through like directly or indirectly through like their actions through their donations or through what they put their money and research into right so um you know for example right people like Elon Musk Jeff Bezos or those like these super rich tech billionaires right these billionaires all happen to do the same thing things like technology and they all use their money in vastly different ways and like obviously the way they use it is not lost onto people 
right? Mm -hmm. So things like Elon Musk's robot, like not robots, rockets and robots and brain trips. There's a lot he's doing. <laughs> um, Jeff Bezos' tourist trip to the moon or into space. Um, I think those are the major ones. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, how do you think these things can alter our perception of like technology or what technology can do for us? Like, if we're talking about the capabilities of what tech can do in the, th in the sense of well, um, when, like, you know, multi-billion, multi-billionaires like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, as you mentioned, like, they have obviously the money to be able to go and do such things. And yet, if you're thinking, I feel just consumers in general won't ever have, well, maybe not ever, but like for at least a very long time, they're not going to have such if you want to say luxuries as the multi-billionaires, for example, I don't know, going to space, for example, as a showcase of what technology can do. But obviously, I feel the technology is still not there. Like, I don't know, you, you, it's just not, you know, viable to put people into, like, put any old civilian into space right now at, at the moment. Wait, so are they, like, investing in these projects or are they just, like, doing it for themselves? I think it's both, right? Because they say, like, they say they're it's investing. It's for the greater, yeah. greater oh, good of humanity. So they mean right. like greater good of humanity. And especially on Elon Musk, right? He says that like, you know, I want to go to Mars for the betterment of humanity yeah. or for like the next step to of evolution. To save all the population, you know? Right? But is that idea like, when we get to that point, who will get, to, who will be able yeah. to do it? And it's like, is it just like a money sink in the, in the end? Just like pouring yeah. our money straight into it and just yeah. nothing's going to, no, we're not going to get anything out of it. Because, like, what's interesting about transhumanism or this idea of, like, techno-faith, right? So a lot of people think transhumanism is, like, the great equaliser, right? Because we will... I haven't defined what transhumanism is yet. Yeah. All right, so basically, guys, <laughs> transhumanism is based as when we believe we can go past our human bodies, right? There's a thing called humanism, which is, like, belief in, like, what humans can do. Transhumanism is, like, surpassing that and going past what a human body is right into perhaps cyborg yeah machines you know we love talking about cyborgs but that is like kind of part of what transhumanism is right uploading ourselves to the cloud things like that and obviously these things sound super like immaterial like really abstract or like wow that's like mm. millions of years, millions of years into the future but it's also kind of sound kind of like sounds kind of like dystopian yeah sense. but these things are actually a lot closer than we think they are right and another interesting thing about this is how this supposedly great equalizer where everyone will be like will be cyborgs <laughs> not cyborgs but like walking we'll, androids walking androids yeah but like the idea where perhaps we'll be more like liberated from societal um, constructs yeah. things like money or whatever right but that's not really the case that's right? like really not the case because for you to become like incorporated with tech physically yeah <laughs> um you need the money and yeah. i think like we see that a lot and like i guess like this is a bit fictional but all those like cyborg dystopian futures mm. where people are like like, like I half think of I their saw, face is like you know like yeah, wires basically but like i've seen like somewhere they're like people have to sc scavenge for like parts or like the lower income people get like um i guess like attacked by yeah. like in their lower income neighborhoods for their parts mm -hmm. 
which is like that's still related to like mm. money I guess because you need money to yeah. do stuff and like in the end like does it seem even as a worthy investment to become something like greater than humans for example mm. like is, is this worth pouring money into instead of say finding a way to solve climate change you know yeah no that's actually a really interesting idea it's like where should we put our research yeah. into it's like this it's like you know back then when the u.s was trying to go to space everyone's like why are we wasting money trying to get yeah. to the moon like it's interesting uh, where our priorities lie like for this great like advancement of humankind or she's trying to fix the problems that we already have but then there's also this idea that if we advance humankind just like towards outwards towards space we'll be able to fix our existing problem but like oh yeah let's just set a colony on mars right but that's not like, <laughs> like problem yeah, fixing just, that's it feels just like just like, get, like getting ourselves like you're just solving our problems by making, making more problems yeah, yeah, and yeah. covering up the previous ones well, I think that's a trend in humanity. Yeah, it's just a trend yeah. in humanity. <laughs> there's a lot of things we've done where it's like, oh, let's advance. Yeah. And then there's problems created by the advancement. Mm, like, we've just become, like, smart but not smart enough. Yeah, it's like, because they don't... Well, like, oh, obviously, like, humans only live for so long, right? So a lot of the times, especially, like, in the last... I guess like the last decade where a lot of things were like created um they weren't thinking about like oh in like a hundred years time what the plastic that yeah. Yeah. it was like like all the things like um I think like smoking mm-hmm. when it was first like it was first introduced like yeah. I think everyone everyone no it was like advertised to be That's like good. good for your yeah, health yeah, yeah. Yeah. even doctors like yeah, recommended yeah. it yeah and then also like plastic um they're like recommended and they're like oh single use or like leaded fuel was another one. Oh yeah yeah they like put lead into like all their oh, fuel yeah, and then yeah. it just got released into the environment and then like I don't know how they studied it but like oh, everyone's no, no, IQ no. dropped <laughs> like actually dropped like they knew it was harmful but like it got pushed forward for economic reasons mm. yeah which is oh, that just like everything? <laughs> like everything. <laughs> it's just yeah. humans in general it's just capitalist nature of humans uh, I, what you said about humans only live for so long right yeah. actually <laughs> actually <laughs> no because so there's this thing called calico labs right and it's you know it's basically this lab or something doing research towards extending the human lifespan right Whoa. but what's interesting are the people that are really backing this or like putting money into this or whatever yeah. right hmm. you've got like alphabet ceo right google's parent company they're putting a lot of money towards this jeff bezos obviously so all these like silicon valley billionaires are looking on how to extend their lifetime, right? And they're putting money towards that. And I just think that's so interesting and so dystopian, obviously, right? Yeah. Um, like how long by do you know? Yeah, it's like, oh, wait, what did you say? How long How long by do you think? As in how long, how much oh, more? Just as much as possible. As much as yeah. possible. Like, or like, what, like 1,000 years? <laughs> or not even, or maybe it's just like preserving our they're mental like, clarity, right? Because yeah. obviously it declines when we get older. Mm, but yeah, but like so. what if... But your cells would, you know, decline as well, you know? Yeah, human bodies. Yeah, but then you like, just, re- well, like... Just replace more parts yeah. with yourself. Yeah, you see, yeah. That, that's interesting, because that's, like, literally what Calico Labs is looking into, right? Yeah. They're looking at the biological way to extend that part of our human Yeah, so we're just, like, living body, cancer. Right? Living cancer. <laughs> 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 that's really true, like. No, but, like, yeah. And what's interesting, because a lot of people say, like, because their research is aimed at augmenting 
like not really augmenting but altering this like biological aspect part of ourselves that yeah. ages right yeah. how can we stop that like our body from receiving the facts like oh time to die right? <laughs> <laughs> it's time to stop aging and they're like looking at things you know trying to study how you know signals are sent around our body right neurons mm. and stuff and how we can like replicate things with technology or how to like alter the way things are received and sent with mm. technology yeah. right and things like Elon Musk's Neuralink it's the idea of melding biological like signals or trying to like replicate them with artificial components and yeah. like is that feasible like replicating neurons and stuff like that right yeah I feel like that's feasible in the future because like our body's pretty much how the nervous system's just like electrical signals mm. right but it's like it's going to take a lot of research and I don't think our technology's able to map out yeah. the neuron maps yet um, like we can't just you know tell our bodies a bunch of like a bunch of ones and zeros for example and that will like translate yeah. to like movement for example I think that's where like what's the thing that's not ones and zeros quantum oh, yeah. Yeah. quantum yeah, yeah, yeah. commuting comes True. in um, I think that's a side they're looking into but so we all just become Schrodinger's cat <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually because quantum, because it's like, like Moore's law, right? Or like the things like yeah, it yeah. gets smaller every year, and yeah. they've reached a point where they're like you smaller than smaller. atoms and stuff, yeah. right? So how do we continue that progress? And it's through quantum computing, mm. right? Because <laughs> why did you stop it? Because quantum computing utilizes the smallest particles that exists or we know to exist. I think physicists are going to get triggered while we're talking about this. Oh my god, I feel like I cut this. I'm literally not, I don't do, okay, yeah. We're not qualified to. Yeah, we don't talk about this because we don't know enough. Okay, no quantum. Just put a disclaimer. No quantum. We're not physicists, we're not quantum computing. But it's like for the layman, right? I think we can put it in. Just like, yeah, just to say like disclaimer, we're not, we're not qualified to talk about this. This is just, but, um, it's still interesting at what quantum computing can do for us. It's like mm. instantaneous. Mm. I, mean, I don't know about instantaneous, <laughs> but it's obviously like the fastest we can get. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. that's faster than humans. We're going like that's already yes, going past. Yeah, no, but computers oh. are faster than humans. Yeah. Oh, anyway, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, like, maybe it's like, how long does it take for signals to be sent along the body? What are we compared to machines? How well, efficient signals, is our body? Signals in a body actually travel pretty quickly. But, but they're then, not actually like electrical, electrical. Yeah. You know, they're like chemically electrical. Yes, yeah. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, no. Oh, what was I going to say? I feel like I was going to talk about how, like, you said most of the people investing is like, like in this technology yeah, it's like yeah. the big tech people yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I feel like sometimes it's like the people who invest in this are like I don't see why like personally yeah. I don't see why I want to live for that long yeah, I would agree. but then I'm like I feel like these people have such big ego they don't yeah. trust anyone else to yeah. like mm. continue their their legacy legacy yeah. so I'm like other it's the future because obviously I feel this will be like optional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you will be like, um, not everyone will extend your life. Right? Yeah, but then that, I feel like that will turn would into that some be sort like of suicide. That's not suicide. <laughs> right? That's actually like, really if interesting. If you can live for that long and you choose not to, 
But at the same time, like if you, there's people who choose not to, I feel they'll reach a point where we become segregated. So, Just, like, yeah, you know, it's like there's like always racial resistance. prejudice, there's like always all that kind of stuff. But place. yeah, but then it's like the thing, like if it actually becomes like all new technology have like backlash. Mm-hmm. But this is such a thing that a lot of people have talked about because. Mm-hmm. It's like the issues that come with it is like overpopulation. Like, mm. I feel like in general, the world is moving towards less I want people. less children. Yeah. Mm. So maybe like the living forever thing and overpopulation. It's like the problem will solve itself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's actually really interesting. Because, and that is why we had like the massive population boom in like the past century is because there was that time when people just kept having too many children and then suddenly Babies. technology just went and so everyone's life expect like oh. every, all of the children just kept surviving and so that's why we just skyrocketed the population but yeah look at the way <laughs> the technology has impacted us yeah as a greater humanity thing right um and also i think yeah, once again going back to the idea of um, living longer and that whole thing with like all these like tech billionaires choosing or wanting to live longer yeah right yeah. it's like that is part of transhumanism or techno-faith, right? Like, they believe that they want to surpass what yeah. they already yeah, can do. And they think they can do it. Like, they believe that's possible, right? Otherwise, why they're yeah. throwing money at this? Like, do you think... Because I feel like they would be the most likely people mm-hmm. to want to. So, like, do you think, like, the first generation of, like, these extended expectancy life expecting people would just be like a group of egoistic people <laughs> yeah. like what would the world be like because yeah, yeah. every well i just like i personally feel a lot of people won't opt for the op- option to like mm. live forever mm-hmm. right so like just would that shape hum- humanity yeah. in like a and, different um, way. and it would seem like those people who develop the technology or like just the really rich people like what if they have more access to say like better parts for themselves yeah. so like wouldn't they live longer wouldn't they become just more powerful like almost like a god in a sense yeah. basically yeah yeah and like i guess it's this is like kind of the dilemma right yeah. it's like we either try and take power away from corporations and the research they're doing right yeah but then yeah. that means we have to who holds us going to conduct this research that's like meant to like better us whether yeah. it be for these like extreme type of purposes or just like general research right we'll have to look towards government and government is just it's hard to do anything yeah. with like government because there are just so many levels and so many people you have yeah. to like check with you know there's a lot of red tape and bureaucracy right and so we either have to like go for this very slow possibly very little progress if we take power away from corporations given to the governments yeah. or we can like have this acceleration by like putting more belief in these corporate insti- these companies <laughs> these, like these companies to give us that progress right yeah but that progress will only be like if you look at it realistically yeah. Yeah these companies are only going to care about people with money. Yeah, or so like who only, can fund them or the product. Right? Their sponsors, you know. Like very, like the people you've mentioned today, mm. I don't think they do a lot towards charity. Mm. Like most of the charity, yeah. charity they do is for like media purposes. Mm. But then there are people like Bill Gates, for example, who, he does who are quite involved yeah. in philanthropy. Yeah, philanthropy. But... But it's like he's, I don't think he's investing. Yeah, he's not investing in those kind of technologies, so that's the thing. Yeah. 
you have one end and then you have the other end. Yeah, and, have to and I think that's really interesting because, like, you know, if we were to say, all right, we should give co yeah. companies power, more power <laughs> to, you know, research or to give us solutions, right? How can we be so sure that those solutions are going to be shared with, like, the rest of humanity, yeah, and right? Like, how can we trust them? Exactly. But we also can't do that because then we won't have any progress. Exactly. So, it's sort of like in the current situation, given yeah. how big companies are like treating, just like back to from from our previous topic, just like based on how they're treating consumers with their products. Like if this is going to be brought into transhumanism and we're wanting the corporations to actually get on with research about doing this, wouldn't we reach the same sort of like fate as the products right now but we are essentially the products in mm -hmm. a sense mm -hmm. and so like a data yeah like do they become like are they able to control us mm -hmm. like not even just as a sense of like a you know society but actually physically control us you know yeah i think it's like the balance between the people the companies and then the government it's a like triangle their legislations yeah. and bills. because it's like the government essentially is supported by the people, but they also have their own say, I guess, mm -hmm. in a lot of things. But it's like, it's probably like the balance between the government yeah. and these companies, because these companies are like, I guess, like innovative. Mm -hmm. They move a lot faster, but governments are so careful. But I want to bring this back to something I literally just saw today, right? And the impact of government. Oh my God. Okay, I can't find the exact number, but literally <laughs> the Labour government has decided to put 1.25 million or billion. Those are two very different <laughs> numbers. It's probably not million. Maybe it's million. It's probably billion. It's probably billion. Um, oh my God. Like, like towards renewable energies uh, in Australia. I just thought that was really interesting, right? Yeah. Because, you know, it is up to all these things that are bigger than our control to secure our future or like our standard of living yeah. in the future right and it's just i don't know so is it's it really out of our control though exactly individual we voice can vote yeah well you you cannot yeah well i do no <laughs> i cannot but you guys can yes yeah i cannot um yeah, right? The person was political. Everyone, if enough people have a say, like... Do you think children should be able to vote? No. <laughs> no, that was so fast. That was such a fast one. What's a child? I'm sorry, when you said children, I thought like a 10-year-old. Like, why are we giving them out? I think you mean maybe like... 16-year-olds? Mm. Although I think times are changing mm. in which those Kids those like teenagers are like already 18, if that makes yeah. sense. And I think and at, the same, have, at the like, same time... It's the teenagers who are, it's like teenagers to like the mid, you know, so like 30s. Like the, that millennials. Age. Yeah, the millennials and the, I don't know, Gen Z, I guess, if you want to say. Mm. It's really, <laughs> it's really them who I think are advocating for a better future for ourselves because we're going to be the ones who have to basically clean up the mess of yeah. the previous generation and then subsequently, you know, help our next generation after that yeah. to be able to live in a, you know, a, an actually decent society or like just treating our earth in a you know better manner all right so like let's bring it back to us right because we as students at unsw studying computer science right how does all these ethical like implications or issues or like dilemmas 
impact the way we think about our degrees or what we're studying or possibly our careers in the future, like companies that we want to work for? Like definitely at the moment I feel, I think just as a CS student right now, you're probably just thinking, we're probably just thinking of ourselves and I don't know, developing software or I don't know, working as an IT manager kind of thing. But definitely with the rise of the previous, um, the techno faith and transhumanism, I think our career path is actually like quite actually unknown probably at the moment because one, you could go back to the aforementioned um, jobs that I already mentioned before, but then we could also have new career options in helping companies and um, yeah, just big companies developing their transhumanism parts or you know researching into them, for example. Yeah, I think similar to what you said, we wouldn't help like, like I feel like with my degree, I wouldn't help directly. I guess like in the future when I have money, yeah. um, I will invest it in these things. But it's also like sometimes I'm thinking, would that take too long? <laughs> like, would it be too late for me to invest? Um, but yeah, like I don't think our degree can like help directly but I think that's just like one thing that's a part of learning CS is that we have to be always on top of the things that are coming like at us at such a fast pace like I think it's just something that we definitely have to keep learning about well I guess yeah but I think out of all of the probably the career pathways it's probably one of the ones that are fastest growing and like changing mm -hmm. in comparison to the others uh, or more like the core values of the companies we work for. So, yeah, I mean, not really a, maybe a plug, kind of a plug, but like, can Yeah, so when they screen your interviews, right, they're like, make sure that you really do believe in like the core tenets uh, of okay. their like philosophy, right? Or like, I think one of them is like, be the, like, do good or something, like that idea, right? And that is like a company that is trying really hard to try and be like a force of positive yeah. change yeah right and like I just do things like that does that make a difference to you or like how you perceive a company or yes I think overall it does like cause I feel like if um, the company cares about that the environment like the people you work with obviously will be like good I guess like it'll be a nice work environment I think that's more important to me um, not only like inside the company not only like what you're working towards but also what you're working with mm. right. yeah it's like going back to the whole like, ethics and technology right it's like because we can you know we like as say like programmers or software engineers right you like you get paid and like that's your day's work right <laughs> right and like the, the idea is but maybe we should think like more or consider or like oh the company or, yeah like company or like these ethical obligations that say these um companies yes. may have that yeah. we are kind of just like not really paying attention we don't think it's very important mm. to think about mm -hmm. I feel like for me it, I do think about it like um some of the companies I've looked at like what they do, mm -hmm. um, not naming any names, <laughs> but some mining companies and their treatment towards like um, Aboriginal, like native, like their 
land and yeah. like where they're mining is like really not good so I was like I don't want to like even like internship mm-hmm. but then the thing is also like sometimes you need to go into the environment and to see like how like why they're doing it you mm-hmm. know to change it like it's like the thing where a lot of scientists don't want to get involved with politics mm-hmm. but that's the issue yeah Mm. Right, because there's no scientists in politics, <laughs> <laughs> so the politicians <laughs> don't listen to the scientists, and the scientists don't feel can't do anything about yeah. it. Yeah, oh, it's like these part two parts are so segregated. Yeah. It's like so you could be like, I will enter this company and try and change it with from within, but I feel like a lot of these companies, um, we as employees can't really change anything it's Mm -hmm. more like um i think my big dream is to get rich and become an investor so i can change things yeah Yeah. i see (laughs) (laughs) like like it's the idea of like being able to like figure out how to fix those issues by experiencing them or like first hand yeah yeah um yeah. I think like also touching on before I was like talking about how work environment's important to me. If it's like I think that's important because um if it's a good environment, the company will listen to yeah. the employees' feedback. Mm-hmm. So then you as a employee can make a bigger like, change. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I see. Yeah. But <laughs> um, it's like the really big thing with like Tech companies are yeah. still corporate companies. Yes. Yes. Um, it takes a lot of levels to change things. So, like, the only way is, like, you stay in the company for a long time. Mm. And get to the top. Yeah, or, basically. like, you keep changing. Like, it will still take time for yeah. you to, um, yeah. But, I don't know. There's, like, people who take the external path of being, like, an activist and using their voice instead of, like skills I guess um, and like speaking out and like evoking like the consumer to like change it alright so I guess my entire point with this right was um, how we as like studying computer science right I think it's important for us to at least have like an ethical understanding or acknowledgement of all these issues that surround technology right not just in the way say we like build or create it but how we interact with it as consumers so if you guys enjoyed this podcast remember to like and subscribe um, if you want to see more podcasts like this one you can check out the CSE Sock Media website and all the links are in the video description below thank you for watching and listening everybody see you next time